The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcasts, you're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. It is always much appreciated when you tune in. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Henry, Illinois' defensive coordinator and also had been their defensive backs coach, which means he's very familiar with Washington's second round pick, safety slash slot corner, Slash possible Buffalo nickel helper, Quan Martin. He also coached Kendall Smith, who was a priority undrafted for agent signing by the commanders. By the commanders. So I get into all that. Get get uh, Henry's insight into his players, why he's really high on both those guys, and of course they're his guys, so he's going to be. But I also think you need to pay attention to why he likes them more so than does he like them because. Every coach is going to say they're like their guy, but when they start gushing, when they start giving specific examples, that's when you take notice about who these players are. So, and by the way, Quan Martin, we did not see him out at the rookie mini camp last week. He was excused for a personal to deal with a personal family situation. So we will not see him on the field until next week when the media gets their first look at the OTA practices on a week from when or when, uh, next Wednesday. So there you go. Anyway, before I get to that, I want to go over a couple things, starting with really just one big thing, which is a story that Seth Wickersham and I collaborated on dealing with the prospectus that the Josh Harris group was sending around to potential investments, excuse me, potential investors in the commanders. And it's just, it's noteworthy just because you rarely see these, these sorts of things uh, the Harris Group has done these for other acquisitions, whether it was sports teams or when they were investing, you know, buying companies. They would put out these prospectuses. Yeah, I think, I guess that's how you say it, prospectuses. But it does give you a window into their thinking and how they view the product they're going to buy. And that's what was, to me, significant in this. And there's some information on the stadium, et cetera. So let's start with some of the significance of this um, perspective. So the first thing is, and we all know where this franchise has gone over the last couple decades, but specifically, specifically over the last five, six years, five, six to five to ten years, uh, in particular. And when you look at the local revenue, for example, it's pretty much gone down by about half. And they projected it could go up by fifty percent, by double within seven years or so, just based on selling more suites, more sponsorships. And you know, getting more people at in in the game at the games because the the attendance has gone way down now. Not just because they shrunk the size. At one point, it was in around ninety thousand. Now it's 50, a little over fifty eight thousand. But it's also the percentage of the gate. So once upon a time, if they had less than eighty six percent, it was you know a low year. 
Now it's, un, it's you know, if they got 80%, it would be a really good year. So, and typically they're, you know, seven you know, upper 70s at best. So it's there's been a definite drop off. So you fix that stuff and the revenue can go up, but it's their projection for that is noteworthy. And what they also attribute the fall to their prospectus attributes to donor Dan Snyder. We all know, you know, I think anybody, nobody should be surprised by that. And I would say least of all the commanders, because when I had a conversation with Jason Wright at the owners meetings in March, he basically told me people don't want to be associated with their brand right now, where their brand is Dan Snyder and all the investigations, et cetera. So that's who it was. And I even asked him at one point about, you know, he deals with the Snyders. He was brought on during their time, you know, by them, but also by the league. So, you know, he's sitting there saying there's there's nothing but upside to this. Is that weird? He said, no, they, the Snyders also understand where this business could go once they're out of the picture, because I think they understand the toxicity surrounding their brand, as they say right now. But anyway, so that's, that's one thing. Also the naming rights to the stadium. So FedEx can get out of their contract if there's a change in ownership, which this would be. Right now, FedEx pays $7.6 million, I almost said billion, but it's million dollars per year for the naming rights. Once they're out of the picture, this group believes or feels that they could get upwards of $30 million a year for the naming rights. So again, your return on investment goes right up. You start having some good cash flow. One of the things that when you're talking to Jason Wright, when you talk about cash flow and increasing that cash flow, increasing your revenue, is the investment you can then make in the practice facility, not so much in expanding it, but maybe improving some things and getting some things more up to state of the art, um, et cetera. So I don't know that they're going to invest a ton in the practice facility because that's something they could move out of, move out of within a couple of years, um, long, long before they build the stadium. Anyway, speaking of the stadium, so that's the other interesting part here is that on the prospectus, it says that the team, the current ownership, Dan Snyder's group, told the Harris group that Virginia last year was willing to offer them, they thought they thought they could get up to $1.5 billion in incentives from Virginia. Now that doesn't necessarily mean all public money, I don't believe. So I don't, I want to caution you to think that it means public money. I don't know. You know, I think it could be certain breaks here. It could be some deals on land, it could be, but it, it's worth worth up to that much money. So now we know in the Virginia Virginia legislature last year, the money they were talking about was between three and four hundred million. So again, that would that if they got if they are talking one point five bill, then that would have to include other sorts of incentives and tax breaks or whatever. The other part that was made clear to me by people in the Harris Group and also on this prospectus, they have not made a decision on where they're going to build a stadium. So that means Maryland, that means DC would still be in play. They they have not made up their mind. It was just when we when we mentioned the 1.5 billion from incentives from Virginia, it's just a line of the prospectus. It didn't say this is where they're going to build or anything like that. There was no indication of where they would build. Just that. So now let's see what Maryland does. Let's see what DC does and let's see ultimately what Virginia does do because just because the Snyder Group told them that doesn't mean ultimately that's what will be what will take place. Um, the other the other part along with 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 stadium is again there's they have not um, made up their mind where they want to go. Oh, the other part that I want to say is the revenue that they project from the stadium would start taking place in 2031, which that was a bad way to phrase it. 
They, in the, in, according to the prospectus, they anticipated opening the stadium in 2031. That's a conservative timetable. And they, they admit that. And they even said in the prospectus that it could be, um, they, they could, they, the possibility exists that they would open it earlier. Currently, people here have talked about 2027, 2028 as, as to when they can open a stadium. You probably would need at least five years once you break ground to build a new stadium. So if they're looking at 2028, they better break ground some point this year. The, the contract with PG County ends early in the 2027 season. They can renew it so they can stay at FedEx. Um, but anyway, so I just thought it was noteworthy that they're looking at that timetable, which suggests to me that while they clearly have an idea of some of the uh, venues or the some of the sites that they would like, and, and certainly people here have been investing a lot of time and energy into the quest to find a site for the stadium and build those relationships, this group will take their time and make sure they get it right. They also talked about upgrading and investing money into FedEx Field because if they're going to be there for another eight years or so, they need to make it worthwhile for you guys to attend. Now, of course, one way to do that is to put a really good product in the field. I think it starts with that. But they also, the thing I kept hearing from people there is, they want to help enhance the fan experience, fan experience. Now, I know you guys have heard that. And again, I say the best way to enhance that is win games because FedEx, excuse me, RFK was not a great stadium, but it was a great place to go to, wasn't it? So because they would win. So that's what, but it, but again, like for the rest of it though, they will invest in that. And I think the investment in FedEx was pretty minimal for a long time when Bruce Allen was here. So now the last couple of years, they've been trying to catch up. And I think this group would do it even more. And um, so there you go with that. Um, the other thing in this story, there's a couple of things. Keep in mind, the owners meet next week in Minnesota. Certainly this situation will be discussed. It will, they will be updated. The owners will be updated on the situation. A vote right now would be unlikely. And I've heard that from multiple people. And I think that's kind of the expectation of the Harris Group. But I would say in their minds, certainly it's a matter of when, not if they get approved, but when. Now, we did have in the story some league owners um, and sources saying that there, that there were some concerns with the Harris Group bid and that if not for the disdain for Snyder, that they may not approve the bid. However... People that I've talked to with the Harris Group say the NFL has not, has expressed no concerns about their bid to them. So, and that's what they're going off of. And they, you know, someone did tell me that they're. You look at the net worth of that group, and it's around a hundred billion dollars. So, they, they're the Harris Group is not concerned about that end of it. It's just a matter of, for them. It's a matter of when. Now, again, next week would be unlikely, but. They certainly are expecting a vote of approval at some point, and they would certainly, they definitely would refute that there are any issues with their financing at all. The other thing that the prospectus did not address was the team name, and I've told you before that there's there's not a big appetite to have that as a top priority. Will it ever be? Will it ever be a priority? I can't even say that. But what I know is it's not a top priority. The stadium is a top priority. Restoring. You know, building the franchise up is a top priority. The name is a, is is not a priority, and I again, I don't know if it will be, but I, I I keep telling you, and I'm not trying to be a killjoy here, but just to provide reality to the situation that they're not going to come in and say we're changing the name. 
That's just not going to happen, folks. So if you're expecting that, I don't want you to get your hopes up and get disappointed. So just know it's not a top priority. Now, I can't promise. I don't know anything about what it would look like two or three years from now, but I can tell you right now, not going to be a top priority. So, and it wasn't even addressed in the prospectus. What that means, I don't know, but I, it's, I, I know what I've heard over the last couple of months from various people. And that's why I tell you it's not viewed as a top priority. So there you go. That's it for me. Here it now we're going to go back to on the field. I know some of you, that's all you want. Sorry, folks, there's a big story going on with the sale. So you're not going to get everything you want. And if you don't like it, I'll give you a refund. How's that? Um, anyway, so here's my conversation with Illinois defensive coordinator, Aaron Henry, talking Quan Martin and Kendall Smith. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. Aaron, first off, I got to start with that. Not, I want to get into Quan Martin and even Kendall Smith a little bit, but that secondary you guys had last year, it was fun to watch. How much fun was it to coach that group? Just seeing the success they had and and what all these guys are capable of doing. It, it was absolutely incredible. You know, I, I would I'll be remiss to, to tell you that I coached all of them. I did not. You know, um, um, we can't we don't get this done right um, without Coach Walters. Right. Coach Walters had the safeties. I had the corners. Right. Right. Together. I think we made a, a dynamic duo, a dynamic tandem. 
And it was just so awesome just the way we we kind of fed off each other. We matched together. Obviously, he was calling the defense man, and he he did a great job at putting those young men in position, you know what I mean, like to go out there and be successful. I think our defensive scheme, um, I think our coaching, right, um, overall allowed all of them to be successful. But they're, they're, they're really good players as well, you know what I mean? And so, like, I don't want to sit here and BS you and tell you that, you know, it was by our – Right. amazing coaching efforts that we um, that me and him got it done you know it was a combination of our coaching and a combination of our um of our defense of our defensive scheme and their ability that meshed together really really well and it put he put us in position to have success man it was it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful it was one of the more um successful secondaries i've ever been a part of yeah. the, the success that we had and so um, it was just a real honor and, and privilege to be back there working with them and be back there working with these young men. And um, you guys had a chance to see it firsthand this past season. Right. And and listen, like Devin Witherspoon was one of my favorite players in this draft, period. And I remember watching because, and, you know, as we get talked before this, I'm an Ohio State guy. So watching you guys play Michigan, which, uh, anyway, but in that game, like just some of the plays he was making, the physical style that he played with, and then, but it was also fun to watch you guys, you know, before the draft, you watch, okay, watch Devin Witherspoon. Then you're going to, well, I watched Sidney Brown. Then you're watching Quan Martin. It's like, my God. So with all that being said, you don't need to hear that from me. Nobody wants to hear them from me, from you. What is Washington getting in Quan Martin? Well, they're, they're first and foremost, Quan is, Quan is one of those young men that not only is he exceptionally gifted athletically, but I think his football IQ and football intelligence probably surpasses his athletic ability. You know, um, he understands the game like a quarterback would on offense. Very intelligent, um, understands splits, understands formations. Um, you know, me and me and Walt before the season started. I mean, we all it was dang near a fight on what position he was going to play because <laughs> he just has so much flexibility. You know, he. He lined up at corner force. He lined up at nickel. He lined up at free safety. You know, and it was it was like where is he most valuable for our defense? And he and he he played nickel for us. And and I mean, he just has so much ability. Like you can line that, that young man up anywhere. And the player that Washington is getting is 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 a young man who's going to love his teammates. A young man who's going to go out there and, and be the standard of of the program. He's going to be the standard of, of what you're looking for in terms of community. Um, he's going to give it his all in the field every Saturday which is that, I mean, that's, I mean, every Sunday, I'm sorry, which is, that's, that's strictly all you want, but he's an incredible, incredible young man to have that we've had in this building. You know, um, I, I think his, his athletic ability speaks for itself, right? He was drafted in the second round, but I mean, he could have easily, he could have easily slipped into the first because right. he's that, he's that talented. He's that gifted. And I think him off the field, he's, he's just as, as, a, as an amazing of a, of a young man as he was on the field. And I, I remember seeing a quote from you where you said you never had a player that could go from corner to nickel to safety in a game. So, and I've been around this long enough, you cannot do that just by athleticism. You have to really work at that. So is it how is it more that he just does how much does he put extra work into it? Is he just that smart on the field? What why is he able to do that? He one, he's that smart. Two, he's that athletic. So Quan, when Quan first got here, Quan started off as a corner. You know, he started off as a corner. Obviously, he his his body looks phenomenal, right? He played a little bit of safety. He played a little bit of nickel. But in our defensive system, 
you know, we were trying to figure out like, okay, so if we have Spoon at one corner, do we put Quan at the other corner? Well, people are going to naturally, in, in college football today, that slot position, that nickel position, people attack that right. probably a lot more, you know, than they would on a perimeter. And so we just felt like overall, we felt like it would help him and it, and it would help us if he just played in the nickel. You know, and then if something went wrong, we could easily slide him outside or we could easily move him to free safety, you know, as as we had younger guys come along towards the latter part of the season. And so um, I would say it was a combination of, yes, he's extremely athletic, but his football IQ and football acumen is so, so, so high. And then you compound that with his athletic ability. I mean, it it would I think it was the Purdue game. He started off at nickel. Right. The next three, four drives in, we move him to corner because we have. I think we had two corners go down hmm. and he didn't miss a beat. I mean, it was, it was a piece of cake for him, you know, but right. that's, that's what that kid thrives on. That's what that young man thrives on. You know, we have a saying here at Illinois that we don't call them corners and safeties. We call them DBs because our guys literally, they learn how to play every position. They learn how to play free safety, boundary safety, nickel corner. And so we genuinely believe that, it helps these young men when they do get to the NFL level because they have inside and outside value. And so I think at the end of the day, right, we had to find something that fit our system and fit our needs. One, two, something that could help this young man obviously prosper at the NFL level. And three, show his versatility. And Quan Martin is Mr. Versatile, man. And that's why like watching you guys, one thing, one of the things you guys are really well is disguising coverages because of that ability. So with him though, with the football IQ, where else did you see that? Was it, you know, how, how would it manifest itself in games? Did you see him making plays because of it? Or there are certain plays that you say he only made this play because he's just that smart. Were there plays like that? Were there situations like that? Well, no, it, it would be times, it would be times on the sideline or times um, within the framework of the week during practice that he would see something, right? He would see something, and he know that he would be able to, I guess what most people, what most people would deem as cheating, mm-hmm. right, within the framework of our defense, right? So we have certain times within the framework of our defense that players are allowed to cheat, right. all right, per se. Cheat on a split, cheat on a formation, cheat on a concept. And I think, I think he understood those moments that he could cheat. And you compound those moments that him being able to cheat within the framework of our defense and him understanding how teams were going to attack us. And it, 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 it allowed him to make plays. You know what I mean? Like, like he understood that he was going to get a lot of, a lot of targets in the slot. And so um, it was, it was really a Testament, man. I think, again, I I don't want to beat a dead drum. I think coach Walters did a phenomenal, phenomenal job at putting these guys in this position, man, with, some of the play calls that we were making, you know what I mean? And so um, it, it really allowed, like our defensive system, it, it, it was no secret that, that that we led the country in takeaways. Well, that happened for a reason. We had a tremendous front, right? You compound that with some elite guys on the back end, you know, um, quarterback gets hit early during the course of a game. Well, later on in the game, I mean, he wants to get rid of that ball fast as he can. And yeah. and our guys will end up in, in, in positions to, to make a lot of plays on those balls. And so, um, Quan Martin was just a single piece in this defense, right? You got Sidney Brown, you got Kendall Smith, you got Devin Witherspoon, you got Taz Nicholson, you got Tariq Barnes, and so all these things kind of gelled together, and you 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 saw the Illinois defense of of of, of twenty twenty two, man. It was it was something special. He's also someone who came out of high school maybe well under the radar. He wasn't a high a big time right. recruit. I think Illinois was the only Power Five offer that he had. 
How did that drive him? I, I think I think it drove him because I think he knew he was better than what the stars had portrayed, right? One thing I love about Florida, man, um, I, obviously being a Florida guy, one thing I love about recruiting guys from Florida is, you know, there are guys in the bushes down there in Florida that nobody knows about yep. that fly under the radar every single year. And it, I'm sure it's guys all over the country like that. But guys, it happens a lot of times in Florida because guys fly under the radar and you hear about this kid two, three years down the road and you're like, how in the hell did he get out of the state of Florida? Right. If you know anything about Quan was like an elite basketball player, you know, like like qualities of a really good defensive back, like 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 supreme qualities. They're, they're typically like multi-sport athletes. Quan yes. was a really, really good basketball player. You know, and I think his athleticism on the basketball court, if you just watched him play basketball, you would offer him because his 24 inch vertical. Dude, he was listen, it was a it was a um a free throw that one of his teammates were shooting. Um, I think it was in the playoffs. And he's at the top of the key, and the teammate misses the free throw, and Quan comes out of nowhere and catches it and slams it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's if you watch his high school basketball take, man. I don't care who you are, you offering that kid because he is mm-hmm. he was that athletic. He was he was he was that smart. He had super long arms, right? And so um I think he just flew under the radar because he hadn't played a ton of football. Okay. And and that area where he kind of grew up in was it's 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 known for having a lot of talent. And he just he just flew under the radar, man. And it happens every year though. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be yeah. kids come out of come out in this class that four years from now are gonna be like, man, how the heck did this kid get all the way up to the school he was at. How the heck did this kid get to Illinois, right? Like, like they just go under-recruiting, and we kind of live on those kind of stories because we, we pride ourselves on being, a, on, on being a developmental program and really developing these young men to, to, to be what they're being. I think Devin was like that too, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. De- Devin, Devin, yeah. Devin was a zero-star recruit, right? right? Like, I think Quan had two or three stars. De- Devin stars. was a zero-star recruit. <laughs> and so it's like – like, like, how do you not keep going back to Florida, right? Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna protect our state in Illinois, but like, you hear all these stories of these guys being under recruited, and they got a lot of talent, and they're multi sport athletes, and 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 they're really good players, and people are passing on them because of their size or their frame, but they don't have a lot of offers. Well, we take those kind of players and we develop them here, and over the course of a year or two, all of a sudden they're they're stars on the map. I know these guys are going to make their own decision about where to play, but where did you guys feel that Quan was there a spot where you felt he was best at, whether it's safety or corn or the slot or, or well, and they're going to well, use him in their Buffalo nickel, the hybrid role too. 100%. Well, originally, originally my thought was I went to coach Walters. I'm like, bro, I'm not sure he ain't, he ain't the best corner. You know what I'm saying? In, in, in regards to spoon, like mm-hmm. him on, him on one side, spoon on the other side. And, and me and Walt kind of got into it a little bit. It was, I mean, I wish you could have been a fly on those walls, but he was just like, bro, they're going to attack the slot, man. We need that cat in the slot. I'm mm-hmm. like, um, he he was like, we can easily slot him out the corner if something happens. But we felt really, really good about our young talent at corner at the time and Taz Taz Nicholson, um, yeah. a young DB for us. And so it it just, Taz started to come along and play really well. So we we felt really good about keeping Quan in the slot. And then when we got into 12 personnel, right, where a DB had to come off the field, well, he was too talented to come off the field, so we just moved him to the free safety position, right, and we kept Taz in that corner, kept Spoon in that corner, Sydney and um and um and Quan, and that kind of made up our secondary. And so it was, it, like, we knew, like, as we got later on into the season, we knew that if something went wrong and we had to move pieces, we felt totally fine mm-hmm. and comfortable and great 
with moving Quan to any position because he had displayed that he was capable mentally and physically of playing all those positions in the back end. And just one more thing on him, and I want to get to Kendall for a minute, and I appreciate your time. Um, good tackler as well. I think that seems to be an under, understated part. I don't know about underrated, but understated part of his game. Yes, sir. He takes a lot of pride in it, man. Like, um, I always talk about the most important fundamental in tackling is want to. All those dudes in that secondary, all, all of them, all, they came out of the womb wanting to tackle. <laughs> it certainly you know what I mean? Like, like he has that that burning desire to tackle. And so it's it's – it's just so cool to see their kind of dreams come true, you know, because he's put it on display for us, you know, in his career here. And I think last year was the culmination of that, you know, being able to on a national stage, right, like week in and week out display how how elite he is in terms of his football ability and go out there and physically tackle people, showing that he can cover and showing that he just wasn't a corner nickel or safety, but he was a true DB and he can play everything. So last thing then, Kendall Smith, Washington signed him as an undrafted free agent, safety. What are they getting in him? Kendall, Kendall is, I would say Kendall is just as athletic as, as, as Quan. I'm probably not as, as straight line fast as him. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, I don't know if Kendall probably doesn't have all the versatility Quan has, right. but you talk about a safety playing that free safety position. Um, we had a kid by the name of Kirby Joseph the year before. Yeah. You know, um, Kendall had just as good or a better year when mm. Kirby was here his last year um, than, than Kendall was here. And so, like, I think what they're getting, they're getting the ball hog, man. Okay. I mean, that, that 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 young man, if when the ball's in the air, it's his. You know, and so um, I, I, we were all hoping that he he would have got drafted. You know, I think it's um, I think it's a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's he's going to go out there and prove to the rest of the country um, what he's truly capable of. But I mean, Kendall Smith is Kendall Smith started off as a corner. Uh, yeah, he Kendall was a Smith receiver was, too at one point. He, wasn't he was he? a receiver originally, right? Right. And then we moved him to corner. Right. Okay. And and he was a he was a pretty good corner. We just had some other guys coming along that 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 we felt were progressing at a really really high rate, and it was like we got to keep this guy on the field. And so we ended up moving him to free safety, and he ended up having I think he he was like second on the team in interceptions with five interceptions, yeah. you know. And so there the, the Washington Commanders are getting a, getting a elite ball hawk. And he sounds um, like a good special teams player too. A phenomenal, phenomenal four core special teams guy. You know, um, like, and and I say all this right, like all of our guys that left this program, like like special teams is the bare minimum that they're going to be able to do. Like like they they're all elite special teams players. You know what I mean? But they are phenomenal, phenomenal defensive players as well. You know what I mean? Like Kendall, I think with Kendall's ability, his length, he's going to be able to cover those bigger tight ends. He's strong. He's physical. You know, and and he's a he's a he he was such a treat to have because he was a tremendous ball hawk. Aaron, I appreciate your time. And by the way, with with uh, Quan, I'd love to have that forty four inch vertical. That's a, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Like to have yeah. that for give me a one time so I can come down the lane and just throw it out on my son or something like that. You know, that yeah. would be. And watching him and watching him do that at the combine, I mean, we we knew he was going to jump high. Like I think it was like if you if you ever seen Quan's calves. His calves are like is like somebody create like literally somebody drew his calves on his calves are immaculate like he has some of the best looking calves I ever seen on a player man he can <laughs> and I think that's those are part of his wings man they allow him to fly <laughs> uh, there you go I appreciate your time good luck this season thank you so much brother appreciate you. That's it for this episode thanks to Aaron Henry for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode Thursday night slash Friday morning. So I'll talk to you next time.